Welcome back to the Depths of Music Podcast. My name is Nicholas, and today we are taking a look at Machine Gun Kelly's sixth studio album, Mainstream Sellout. Despite this being his sixth album, Mainstream Sellout feels more like MGK's second record. For the beginning of MGK's career, he was a rapper, breaking into the mainstream with a few hit singles here and there. Well... That was going well for him until eventually he stepped in it. Talking bad about Eminem and his daughter, this results in some sidebars on M's 2018 album Kamikaze. MGK responds with a full Eminem diss track called Rap Devil. The track is fairly decent uh, Eminem diss, mainly hindered by the uh, kind of backhanded compliments. MGK's lack of mic presence and mainly taking the easy shots at Eminem. Well, Eminem responds with Kill Shot, which brings out every bit of battle rap left in Marshall. Uh, for the first time in years at this point, Eminem released a good song uh, to lyrically thrash MGK to a pretty gruesome extent. The diss is so brutal, MGK will fade from the public eye for a while. Eventually, now, he's reinvigorating himself. In 2020, his rapper aesthetics uh, had been swapped for a hot pink guitar. He's gone full pop punk. Not super surprising because of some of those influences in his older stuff, but it's still a pretty radical change. Legendary drummer of Blink-182, Travis Barker, is behind him as he releases his first album in this new direction, Tickets to My Downfall, in 2020. Honestly, it's not an awful record. MGK takes to pop punk much better than he did to hip hop, and there's some pretty solid pop punk tunes on here to boot. It's not an a-, a great album by any means, especially on the lyrical end, but with some standout moments make this album not the worst pop punk I've ever heard. N- well, now this style continues into his second record in this era, Mainstream Sellout in 2022. Sonically, we're going for a lot of the same ideas as Tickets to My Downfall, with just a notably worse title. Anyways, let's see if MGK can climb back up this mountain and become a pop-punk legend for a new era, or will he be sent careening down to the bottom? Let's find out. A thick bass line starts off the album's first track, Born With Horns. Originally, this was going to be the title, which would have been just as bad as the title of the the record now. Right off the bat, I'm not fond of MGK's voice on this song, especially those first few lines. His delivery has just taken a full step down than what we heard on the last record. Couple that with kind of bland pop-punk instrumental and lyrics ranging from boring to bad. This track is just not for me. Starting an album with Part 1, Why Is It So Hard to Live? Part 2, I Shouldn't Have Done What I have Did. Part 3, Everyone Should Leave Me Alone. Part 4, I Don't Want to Live Anymore is a really, really weak set of lines to lead off this record and is a really bad omen of things to come. It's just one example of some of the bad moments of this song lyrically. Some of the melodies here are fine, but what the song does well, it does in spite of MGK, not because of him. It also starts off with that classic drumstick count, which makes sense for the beginning of the record, but these little imperfections or like nuances from the studio are left all over this thing in a way that feels really ingenuine. It's supposed to make it feel more like a live session, like you can see the roots of this album and kind of make it feel authentic in a way that a lot of albums of this style are going for, but it feels so phoned in on this record, especially a record with such a big budget as this. I feel like it's just makes it feel less authentic than it would have been if it didn't have that overall, despite 
parts of the song being alright, this is not the note you want to start a record off on in terms of quality. It is, however, a good opening track because, spoiler alert, this is pretty emblematic of the rest of this LP. Structured kind of similarly in terms of opening with a bass line before letting the guitars kick in is the next track, God Save Me. Once again, this instrumental is pretty damn boring, being helped only by a decent melody on the chorus and pre-chorus. Vocals continue to be pretty rough here, and I mean that in both ways. MGK always sings in a very gravelly way, uh, which is interesting uh, as a contrast to the more nasally tone this genre is known for. I actually don't mind this about him in general, but this performance just feels weak overall. Lyrically, this thing is also bad. Unlike the last song, God Saves Me jumps between a few different ideas, all revolving around his misfortune. Then again, none of it sticks well. Really serious topics like the loss of his parents and suicidal tendencies are just kind of glanced over, and the only reason they would have any impact is if you listen to him go into a little more depth with it on the last record. Even so, the treatments of really serious subject matter is very loose, which is fine, he can express his feelings however he wants, it just feels like there's more to a lot of the ideas mentioned here than Kelly ever goes into on this record. Plus mentions of super deep topics mixing with much less interesting topics like drugs and emo girls makes this all just feel like a watered down whiny mess. One of these topics is going to be the lead single next, and I'll give you a hint, it's not anything deep. Metalcore legends bring me the horizons join MGK on Maybe. Despite the featured artist, this song is once again pretty standard pop punk. This time, the instrumental side of things I think is a lot better. This is probably the best chorus that we've gotten so far on the record and has involuntarily gotten stuck in my head more than I would like to admit. Lyrically, this is also kind of a step up from what we've heard on the record. It's nothing special, but it at least has moments of decency that sticks it out from the straight-up garbage we've heard so far. Bring Me the Horizons makes very little sense on this track. The metalcore band only gets a few seconds to be the metal band instead of just MGK's glorified backup vocalist. I would... Complain more about this, but considering Bring Me the Horizons has been dropping songs with Ed Sheeran and Max Wolf, they make at least more sense on a pop-punk song than they made sense with those two artists. Still, for a band like Bring Me the Horizon, it's pretty disappointing uh, performance, even when they get to do the screamed metalcore breakdown, which just feels forced in here. Despite the yelling, it's still a pop-punk instrumental, so it doesn't provide the adequate support of a breakdown for, like, a metalcore song. I liked Bring Me Her The Horizons EP from 2020, and I'm bummed to see them turn in such lousy features recently, so I'm hoping they pick that up. While this song continues to be a disappointment overall, compared to the previous works of each artist, the catchy guitar leads and vocal works elevate this slightly to above status quo for the album. But once again, we're not batting very high on average here. This slight upswing on the record continues again with Drug Dealer. A lighter instrumental gives way to one of the best written songs on the record. MGK's vocals are serviceable here as he delivers a number of the one of the best hooks here. Our second guest of the album, Lil Wayne, is actually decent? Uh, this is the first of his two verses on this record, and I'm not opposed to this one. Kelly also turns in a decent set of lyrics about the toxic highs of this drug deal girl or girlfriend. It's toxic, messy, and it's intentional. It doesn't fully match the fact that this is a lighter song instrumentally, but I can't complain that much at this point. This is a fairly solid 
track and as much as I'm trying to give it credit and sing the genuine praises of this song, I worry I give it too much credit considering just the average of this album is so low. We get to a uh, interlude next titled Wall of Fame. Uh, it's fine, I guess. Uh, it's really only here because it ends with Pete Davidson asking what are you going to call the album, which leads right into the, the title track. Davidson made a cameo on the last record, which makes sense considering he and Travis Barker are both scrawny, tattooed white dudes dating Kardashians. MGK might fall in the same camp, but I'm not sure if Megan Fox is connected to the Kardashians, nor do I care to Google it. The low-key skit is another example of the hints of imperfection left on this record. This has happened on pretty much every track so far. I just haven't mentioned it all the way up until now. Once again, I get it. But MGK is a multi-millionaire and pop punk's biggest new star. I get he wants to see uh, seem authentic, but we'll we'll touch on that more soon. But it just comes across as corny and forced. So you know how I said we were going to talk about the authenticity thing later? Yes. Yeah, so that later is now. The title track "Mainstream Sellout" is up next. It's another example of an okay instrumental ruined by MGK's lyrics and singing. Vocally. Kelly has all the gravel of the of the last record, but half the enthusiasm. It feels really phoned in, something Kelly needs to not do to prove himself to the music world at large. Lyrically, this is exactly what the title says. It's the, oh my god, I'm such a sellout and all of you hate me, blah 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 blah. Uh, the criticism MGK sings about is actually pretty spot on. Uh, and I respect him for doubling down on what he wants to do, but damn, I feel like the anger in this song has just been lost in the lack of effort and delivery. When you're singing about how you're not a sellout, you maybe should put some effort into it so you don't seem like a sellout. Uh, the song is also under two minutes, which makes sense considering we've got a good bit of tracks and a pretty tight record, but that worked better on Tickets to My Downfall when MGK had more inspiration. Plus, that record was shorter than this. Personally, I don't think MGK going to pop punk was a solid move at all. I buy that he genuinely loved this sound and pursue this genre, uh, as we've seen kind of on the last record. The only issue is he's just not that good of it. And it's clear that even in this new kind of genre, after Tickets to My Downfall, I feel like on this album, he's just running out of ideas. Now, this album's gonna take another massive plunge. Makeup Sex uh, featuring Black Bear is next. These two have collaborated before, uh, notably on My Ex's Best Friend, one of the biggest songs on Tickets to My Downfall. Unfortunately, Lightning doesn't strike twice here. Instrumentally, this is a boring track, all things considered. Pretty much shooting at the sea level that most of this record's been. Lyrically and performance-wise, once again, this is where this thing tanks. MGK's description of this toxic sex are not at all steamy. The weird incorporations of hip-hop-like flows do not help the song in, this, in the slightest. Lines like waterworks, swim your pool are more gross than they are sexy. The combination of weird hip-hop moments, plus these god-awful innuendos, just drown this song. Black Bear is okay. I guess he's not aggressively bad, but he's not great either. Anyways, this song sucks all the way through. The best parts are bland at best, and every terrible line about, I want to see that ass shake or whatever the crap he's saying on this song... All of it, all of it's bad. All of it's bad. Just, th just, just throw the whole thing away. Makes me want to just curl up in a ball of cringe. And speaking of cringe, uh, next up is the album's lead single, Emo Girl. 
God, you want to talk about pandering. Don't get me wrong, I get where MGK is coming from. Me and MGK are kind of similar people. We both play the guitar, we both root for the Cleveland Browns, I know we've both gone through enough, uh, and we both like Emo Girls. I will not deny the man his opinion, but Emo Girl is one of the most basic songs about one of the most basic stereotypes in a way that feels solely constructed to get Emo Girls, his audience, to connect to. Instrumentally, it's not the worst thing ever. Once again, just a little basic. The melodic chords that start off this song feel very MCR in a way that gradually builds into the instrumental is actually kind of decent. It's mainly just docked by its lack of creativity. The hook is one of the most infectious on the record. Too bad it's complete and under cringe. Wailing I'm in love with an emo girl is just really stupid and there's no wonder that TikTok made a meme out of this pretty quickly. I get MGK likes to take the self-aware high road, but considering he made this his lead single, it became aggressively clear that he used all of his good material on the last record and that record was still only decent. Willow, featured artist, is hamming it up here, but her lyrics are equally hilarious. Uh, you say you're depressed, baby, that makes two of us. Feels like a perfect encapsulation of the complete and utter, like, Shadow the Hedgehog level edge on display in this track. I feel like it's supposed to be ironic, but it never fully commits to that. Instead, we get a grown man talking about wanting emo girls at a really surface level. Also, this is just another pet peeve of mine, but the song is labeled explicit, so why does he censor the word dick? Willow drops the F-bomb in this song. So why did he censor that word? It makes no sense. Yeah, anyways, this song blows. Uh, once again, showing why this album is exactly what people think pop punk is. Shallow, vapid, boring, and whiny. I say whiny, and that perfectly leads into the next song, 5150. The title is a reference to the medical code for those who are seen as a danger to themselves due to mental illness. While mental illness is a very serious topic, this song handles that with the precision of a stormtrooper with cataracts. The song just turns into, oh my god, babe, I'm so broken, and she just run away before you hurt yourself kind of levels of lyricism are gone here. I'm not saying the feelings expressed in the song are invalid, but it's addressed like an 8th grade relationship. Really basic metaphors, absolutely nothing here. I get that the bluntness of this genre can be part of the appeal, but this is just complete and utter garbage. There's, it doesn't feel blunt enough to be like endearing, but it's also not poetic. It's like just trying to be and thinking it's really, really deep, but it's really not. Instrumentally, once again, I keep repeating that it's eh, because this album keeps repeating eh instrumentals. The next song, Paper Cuts, definitely has some nice things going for it. The acoustic guitar intro is at least a change of pace from most of what we've been getting from this record. The opening verse also gave me hope that the lyrical concept in this song wouldn't tank it, and to be fair, it doesn't fully blow. The rap breakdown in the song personally does not work for me. That might just be, be a bias because anything rap rock makes me want to do a belly flop off a building onto a sidewalk. Uh, but still, this song does prove why MGK is a better rock star than a rapper. Pretty much unable to keep a topic straight, the braggadocio of this song, like the aforementioned belly flop metaphor, falls flat on its face. Him saying, saw the limit in rock and took it further in his genres is hilarious due to him comfortably resting on the laurels of other artists in both pop punk and rap.
The final line, I'm a genius, I could have wrote Donda, but this song is about my dead father, is also really interesting. I get the parallels MGK is trying to make here, considering Donda by Kanye West is a tribute to his late mother. Still, despite the flaws of Donda, MGK on his best day couldn't touch that record. I also get that MGK's father's passing is a very serious subject for him. He addressed it, I think, well on the song Lonely on his last record, but lyrically he he ends the song with that but the track's not really about his dad it's just kind of a throwaway line in fact i wish there was more reference to his family on here but instead we get song after song about the same old same old kind of nonsensical topics it feels like a wasted opportunity but then again the man can address his trauma however he sees fit i just feel like there's a lot of really interesting or emotionally compelling things Machine Gun Kelly could be talking about that are going on in his life, but he either chooses not to talk about them or when he does talk about them, mostly like falling in love, he's just handling this with the sharpness of a baseball bat. World War Four combines some of the worst lyrics on the album with one of the best instrumentals for like a minute and a half. That completely half-baked song. God, this one pisses me off. This instrumental, I actually really like it. The fast punk guitars do a really nice job of actually calling back to the more raw origins of this sound instead of leaning into the more boring side this of the genre this album is going for. It actually feels more authentic and punk than... All the stupid little imperfections he keeps leaving in this damn record. But still, it only lasts for a minute and a half. But considering these lyrics, I think I'll settle for less. Uh, this lyrically is like a screw all the haters song with Shakespearean lyrics like, I think I robot is real and I'm kind of afraid. And 10 fingers up, choose two, both hands, F you. Every single sentence in this song comes out in the most annoying and whiny way possible and it's really interesting that I say whiny for the dude with not actually that whiny of a voice. But yeah, it just just comes across terribly. I'm not saying I disagree with him in every single sentiment. But when you have a lyrical breakdown that's like, yeah, kids, school is dumb. Your teachers don't know anything anyways. It, it just feels like the most pandering surface level thing possible. I mentioned this before, but after listening to Tickets to My Downfall, I was not concerned that MGK was selling out. Well, his efforts to prove me wrong, I feel like he's actually convincing me the other way around. The pale imitation of pop punk makes me think that maybe that theory wasn't so far off base after all. Oh yeah, and he just cuts the song off and was like, oops, I couldn't sing anything else. He he, aren't I so court? You shut up, you shut up, no one cares. The next song is titled A, the most creative pop-punk song title since Na 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 by My Chemical Romance. The difference is Na 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 is incredibly good and even off an album that is my least favorite from My Chem, blows shit like this out of the water. Yeah, remember when I said MGK doesn't really do pop-punk or rap in a super innovative way? Yeah, well, here's him making a bad Juice World style trap song about drugs and sadness that feels like it was churned out on a factory line. Guest artist Lil Wayne, unfortunately, can't help this song either as this is the weakest of his two features, clearly using all his effort on the last one. 
Next track, we're back to more rock uh, for a poor man's all-time low song, essentially. Fake Love Doesn't Last. It is a step up from what we just heard. The hook is one of the better on the album, and even though the instrumental is very light, I have heard way, way worse. Lyrically, this is mid by the album standards. I mean, him admitting all it took was being left on red once to call this fake love is kind of funny, but, you know, it's not the biggest sin of this record. Uh, the next song, Die in California, is Machine Gun Kelly's probably best performance on the record. The low-key acoustic guitar trap instrumental is actually pretty solid here, and MGK does a lot of good work over it. I think his lyrics are actually serviceable, despite the fact that his verse is a little scattered. His reflections on his past and not being able to be happy despite being rich are actually pretty good. Landon Barker's work on the hook is also solid. Unfortunately, though, because this album can't give me anything nice, the final half of this song is handed to Gunna and Young Thug, two of the most bland rappers you could have possibly picked for this song. They're not great here, but then again, the hopes I had for these two were never high. It's the most generic trap verse that could be turned out over an acoustic guitar beat you've ever heard in your life. You, you've heard a thousand of these before, don't even bother with it. It's sad, too, because if this was a feature of somebody like Lil Uzi or somebody who actually has more experience in this emo trap style, I think it actually could have made for a good song. But, you know, once again, I said it earlier, we can't have anything nice on this album. An actually good lyrical moment happens again on Sid and Nancy. Genuinely, the tales of MGK's toxic romances are relatively well written. Not entirely sure where this has been the whole record, but hey, better late than never, I guess. Unfortunately, the vocal performance is really what's holding us back here. MGK's singing voice struggles to carry the entire track. Especially on the hook, he's just not able to convey enough emotion to sell this song. While his singing hasn't been great for the most of the record, it's either, really, it's either okay or overshadowed by other terrible things. That now being in the focus is yes to carry this whole track by itself. The flaws are becoming much more obvious. Couple that with an only okay instrumental and it's still pretty par for the course of the record. Our final song is Twin Flame, a mellow acoustic love song. I actually really like the verses in this song, despite of some of the cringeworthy aspects of this relationship he's describing. Considering what I've read about him and Megan Fox's actual relationship, it actually seems like it tracks. The chorus flops and just being really generic to me. The recorded phone call also does not add much to the track. Uh, after the instrumental section, the song kicks up into an electric guitar intro that sends us out of the album in at least a somewhat decent way. So yeah, uh, this album's hot trash. Despite my low expectations, mainstream sellout continues to be the bottom of the barrel pop punk music that fans make fun of Machine Gun Kelly for. Even as somebody who didn't hate Tickets to My Downfall and actually kind of made that record probably in this review seem good in comparison to this, which it is, it's astounding to see how little ideas MGK has left in either of his genres by the sound of it. Cringe lyrics, boring instrumentals, half-assed melodies make this a completely skippable record. Mainstream sellout is what people who make fun of emo kids think all bands and Hot Topic Windows sound like. The issue is that typically your simple plans of, your world, of the world get buried under the Blink-182s, the Paramours, and the good bands like that. Unfortunately though, MGK is on top of the pop-punk world and it's not a good look. I hope that we have a bit of a break until we hear from him again. I feel like at this pace, MGK's album could be even worse if he 
continues to not have any ideas. There are bits and pieces of good songs here, but the sludge you have to go through to get to them is not even close to being worth the highs. The highs aren't high enough, and they're just surrounded by lows. Simply put, last time Machine Gun Tegali sold us tickets to his downfall on mainstream sellout, we're cashing them in. And that's all I've got to say for this review of this record. Sorry this one was quick, but yeah, there's only so much I can say about a record this bland and boring. Uh, first time I've really just gone in on a new release hard, so I hope you guys liked it. The internet seems to favor negative reviews, so... I don't know, hopefully y'all got some kick out of that if that's scratched the itch for you. If you liked this episode, uh, please leave a nice review or share us with your friends. Once again, as I just mentioned, there's a lot of episodes of things I actually talk about that I like. So if you want to hear some more good music, check out a bunch of my other backlog of episodes. Um, if you want to keep up with everything we got going on on Depths of Music... Follow us on Instagram at Depths and Music Cast. Speaking of things, though, I tortured myself with. I just uploaded a bonus episode uh, reviewing the Grammys, so please be sure to check out my thoughts and reactions to all the crazy things that happened that night. That was a really intense episode to put together that went way longer than I thought, so that's probably why this episode is going to be a little bit shorter on top of the fact that I'm reviewing a mediocre... No, not mediocre. I'm reviewing a terrible album that I have nothing to say about. Uh, until next time, though, I've been Nick. Thanks for diving with me into the depths of music, and I'll see you next time.